please be advised, this episode may include depictions of murder, sexual content, and foul language that is not suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome back to Wickedness. I'm Matt. And I'm Lenny. And we're so glad that you're back. This week has been pretty boring, uneventful, not a whole lot going on. I mean, the winds have picked up, thunderstorms, it's tornado weather here in Oklahoma. So that's been the extent of our fun. So one exciting thing that did happen when this week that we came home from church on Sunday and saw the yard was marked out with the lines and flags showing where the lines are buried in our yard, which is the first step to getting our pool put in. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, I thought that was where we were Finally supposed starting. to... starting. I thought that's where we are supposed to put, not put the dead people that we bury back there. We don't bury dead people in our yard. No? Hmm. But that's where the pool's going to be. Yes, hopefully they don't find any dead people when they start <laughs> digging. A Native American uh, burial, burial ground. ground or something? Let's not. No, let's not. We don't it's need like any some poltergeist. poltergeist. Yeah, we don't need that, do we? No. Yep, so that is some scary stuff, and we're going to be talking about some things that are a little bit terrifying. Um, night terrors. Yeah. Also we, called We broke terrors. away from our regular true crime program to bring you some night terrors. So. <laughs> I, hope, I hope our podcast does not make you guys have dreams. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I had in my head the, the song Night Grooves. I'm thinking about night terrors. No, I don't think that's the same thing. No, not no. even close, huh? And it's night moves, honey. Oh. You never get the words Damn the songs right. Night, night grooves? Night moves. Or moves. Oh my God. Oh, that's my husband, people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, so night terrors, that's what we're going to be talking about. And sleep terrors, I guess, as well. Or are they, are they kind of like the same interchangeable? Mm-hmm. Okay. So night terrors are recurring nighttime episodes, not the same as nightmares, that happen in your sleep. The strange thing with night terrors is that you wake up when it begins, but you can't usually move. You might cry out. You might show other signs of fear and agitation. They also are described as episodes of screaming. You'll see some intense fear on them flailing around while you're still asleep. And it is also paired with sleepwalking. Now, sleepwalking, sleep paralysis, and sleep terrors, that's a mouthful, Mm -hmm. are considered a parasomnia. And this usually lasts for a few seconds to a few minutes. But there have been cases reported that where they last longer than that. And I wonder, you know, I mean, it seems like minutes because we've had our own children have some sleepwalk episodes. Yes. But we can kind of talk about that later, get into that. But anyway. Sleep terrors affect approximately 40% of children and much smaller percentage of adults. It's noted that most children outgrow sleep terrors by their teen years 
and don't suffer beyond that. But there are treatments available if sleep is being interrupted and there aren't and they aren't getting rest or if the person is posing a risk to themselves. Yeah, otherwise they don't need to treat it, they say. Really? If, yeah, they don't have to if it, if they're not posing a, re- a risk or are losing sleep because you know, sleep's important. So if you don't get enough hours of sleep, mm-hmm. then your mind and your body get overexhausted and they've actually done sleep studies where they've deprived people and they turn into walking monsters. So Sleep is super important, yeah. and so they say it's only treatable. Like they only have to treat it if someone is not sleeping because and it of doesn't it. seem like you want to totally wake them. Like you kind of usher them back to well, if that's you catch if them sleep right sleepwalking. Yeah, I mean, we dangerous. used to have to guide the firstborn to back to bed, and mm-hmm. that was a little scary and freaky. And our third one too. He yeah, he kind of scared the shit scared. out of me a few times. <laughs> right. But you don't want to wake them, they say. And then I remember as a child having night terrors. And you said your sister did. Yeah, my sister did too. But I remember just, I mean. And of course, we shared a room. So when she would wake up with her night terrors, of course, it's waking me up. And she's screaming bloody murder like someone's in there killing her. Mm -hmm. But she's like, oh, God, no. No one was in there. (laughs) Just us. Yep. It was, it was, I thought it was terrifying. The boogeyman was not there. Not that I saw. (laughs) But she obviously felt differently. So uh, more on this, like sleep tears, they're not nightmares. Nightmares may be remembered in bits and pieces, but a sleep tear, at least in children, it's not usually remembered the next day, but adults report remembering almost everything in detail. Yeah. Which is wild because even for an adult, you know, once you wake up in a dream, you just... I wonder too if that has anything to... You know, you don't remember anything when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think Mm -hmm. back... You have bits and pieces of memories from your childhood, you know, that probably the things that stand out the most to you. But as adults, we tend to remember things a little more. Yeah. That's happening in our day to day. So Which, I just wonder if that has anything to do with why well, kids don't seem to remember shit. And it seems to be for people, too. It makes it more terrifying for them mm-hmm. when you can actually recall and remember all the things Heck that yeah. were going on. There's people right up in your face looking yeah. at you. Oh, yeah. Wait oh. till you hear some of the stories. Oh, yeah. They're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Sleep terrors typically occur in the first third or first half of the night and rarely happen during naps. So an episode of sleep terror may begin with frightened scream or shout, sitting up in bed and appearing frightened, stare wide-eyed, sweat, breathe heavy, have a racing pulse, flushed face and dilated pupils. You might kick and thrash, be hard to wake up or be confused if you are woken up, be inconsolable. Have little to no memory of the event the next morning, and some will even get out of the bed and run around the house sleepwalking and may become aggressive if they're blocked or restrained. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of going on right there. Right? Parasomnia. Jeez. (laughs) And as mentioned earlier, night terrors are a parasomnia, parasomnia, (laughs) which is undesirable behavior or experience during sleep. And they occur, I was about to say expensive, behavior or expensive. But anyway, sorry, that's just me and my, I can't read today, (laughs) (laughs) behavior experience during sleep. And they occur during N3 sleep, which is the deepest stage of non-rapid eye movement part of sleep. The factors that act as triggers for night terrors include sleep deprivation or extreme tiredness, stress, fever, and sleep schedule disruptions that involve travel or sleep interruptions. They can also be triggered by sleep apnea. I got that. Restless sleep syndrome. You got that. Restless Some, legs. Oh, restless sleep syndrome. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> restless leg syndrome. Sorry, that's what you don't you have. Mess- I do. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes yeah. Yeah. Some medications, mood disorders like depression, anxiety, and in adults, alcohol abuse. Alcohol. (laughs) Night terrors in children are more common in females and are more... What? Yep. Really? Mm -hmm. And are more common if there's a family history of them. Yeah, when I was little, like we talked about earlier, my sister had night terrors. I'm glad I didn't because, like I was saying before, her screams were freaking crazy. And I remember one episode... It's never left my memory. And she was sitting up in the middle of the bed and just screaming. And I I was frozen. Like yeah, I was like, like, what you is were happening? Having a, was like the, the the secondary effects of a night terror. Yes, yes. And my mom comes running in and, and turns the light on and takes care of my sister because she's younger than me. But I remember being like terrified too, because mm. here's Sammy girl screaming her freaking lungs out and yeah. and when my mom finally got her calmed down, I thought, okay, I'm going to need a hug from my mom. But she just left and turned the <laughs> light out. <laughs> like, Lenny's fine. The middle child. I know. I'm always forgotten. Oh, man. <laughs> it's okay, mom. It's Jeez. okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So now that we know what the medical definition and causes of night terrors are, let's talk about some real stories. Yes. Okay. So I got about six of these. Woo! Off the internet, and and they were all anonymous. They were submitted anonymously. So oh, cool. I tend That's to think, better. yeah, I tend to think that they're more legitimate. These yeah. people actually went through it because they didn't want to tell anyone who they were. <laughs> right. So this first one, it starts off. It says, "I was about nine years old, and it was about ten fifteen p.m. on a Friday. My parents were divorced at the time, and I was living with my mother. Bedtime, my mom yelled to my brother and me." Can't I stay up just a little longer, I pleaded. I really wanted to stay up and watch my brother play video games. Sorry, buddy boy, but you know you don't sleep well, my mom said. She was right. I always felt like I didn't sleep at all, but I knew it had something to do with my night terrors. I was getting into bed. My mom came into my room like she did every night and sang to me. It would calm my spirits and help me fall asleep. She kissed my forehead, turned off the lights, and closed my door. I laid there singing the song to myself. That's when I fell asleep. Next thing I know, I'm awake at the hospital with doctors looking at my face and reading charts. I have no idea what's going on. I look over in the corner to my mom crying and absolutely terrified. My dad rushed in and hugged me. What the hell was going on and why am I at the doctor's? After everything calmed down, the first thing I noticed was my brother wasn't in the room. Zach is at grandpa and grandma's house right now. My parents lived close to the hospital since my grandpa worked there. What's going on, Mom? Why am I at the hospital? Something happened. My mom started to choke up. Do you remember anything, my dad asked me? No, I don't. My mom stopped crying enough to tell me what happened, and this is what she said. At about 1.09 a.m., I started to scream, which they are used to because of the night terrors I normally had. This time, though, she said the screams were different. It actually sounded like I was dying. I kept saying, stop, please, it hurts, please stop, mommy help, hurts so bad. She ran to my room and went to open my door, but the door was locked. She was confused and panicked because there was no locks on my door. Oh, wow. She started to bang on the door, yelling to me. My brother woke up wondering what's going on, but my mom told him to go wait downstairs. She continued to bang on the door, trying to get me to open it. After a couple of minutes, she managed to open the door. The next thing she told me still terrifies me to this day. She said I was sitting up, 
and just staring at her. I wasn't yelling anymore. She started calling my name, but I was unresponsive. I just sat there staring. Then she said I told her something that terrified her. Why are they hurting me, Mommy? Why? Who? Who is hurting you? The dreams. They hurt. I put my hands around my head. How are the dreams hurting you? They said they will never stop. Who said? They're under my skin. I started to scratch at my neck and my face so hard it started to bleed. My mother ran over to me and grabbed my arms to stop me. She held both my arms in one hand and put her other arm around me to hug me. She started to sing the song that calms me down. She looked at me and my eyes were completely black. Blood was slowly dripping from my face and neck. I had a smile on my face. My mother, completely terrified and stunned, let go of my arms and stepped back. My head tilted to the side. I spoke to her in a deep voice. His dreams will always be ours. I fell backward into my bed. I know it's like, was he possessed? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I fell backwards into my bed. She screamed and my brother ran upstairs to see if she was okay. She had me in her arms and yelled at my brother to get into the car. The next thing we were at the hospital, I felt my face, it had, I felt my face had bandages on them and my arms had tubes coming out of them. I was terrified and started to cry because I had no idea why I was there or that any of that happened. My parents both told me it's going to be okay. The doctors ran some tests and sent the results to my granddad. After reviewing the tests, he didn't find anything wrong. The cuts or scratches would heal by themselves. The same thing happened a couple times that year. Kids and my friends would always question what happened to my neck and face, but I just told them it was from my dog. After my 10th birthday, it never happened again. I still had night terrors and I would sit up, still sit up in bed, my bed sometimes, but I never spoke. My mom and I actually went to therapy for a while after this happened because it scared us both. After that, I never really had any dreams that I could remember. I had night terrors for years after that and still had some have some today, but I can never remember them. I don't really have good dreams either. I fall asleep and then a second later I'm awake. I have had exes tell me I talk really oddly in my sleep and move around a lot. I asked them if they can repeat what I said. Most of them said it just sounded like gibberish. Well, I know that what most of you are thinking, why don't you just record yourself sleeping? Well, I did. I continue to go to therapy often. I played the recordings for my therapist and she said I should delete them. I played them for my mom and she turned white. I deleted them after that. I don't talk about this whole thing that happened with anyone in my family, especially my mom. My voice on the recordings was deep and if you play it backwards, I do say something audible. Always ours. Wow. That's creepy that as is hell. Creepy. Thank you for not doing that. Man. I could not imagine dating a guy or being married to someone who that's that's what they did in their sleep like yeah that's mm-hmm. uh ooh. i'll take your sleep apnea and your little cpap machine any day right <laughs> jeez i know that you want to read the next your, one yeah that gets your hair raised <laughs> i know on like, my arms the back of chill my neck bumps. yep <laughs> all right so night terrors and sleep paralysis i tell you it's one of the strangest most fascinating yet horrifying things that could you could ever experience it's a feeling of being unable to move upon awakening. Your senses and awareness are intact, but you still feel as though you're in this half-sleep, half-awake state. I heard stories of this long before it happened to me. I've only experienced it once. I was in college. I was going through an incredibly tough time in my life. I was insanely stressed during finals week. I wasn't getting much sleep, and it must have been the night before my last final. I went to bed late 
because I stayed up all night studying for bio. I don't remember what at what point I decided to finally call it. I just remember it all becoming a blur, then blackness. Okay. Next thing I remember, I was in my room, in my bed, but there was this weird haziness in my awareness, like I was awake, but I felt weaker. When I tried to move, I couldn't. I could only move my eyes to look around in the dark room. I looked back in the, to the center, and there was this woman standing dead center in the room facing the bed. She was wearing the black, a black dress and holding some long objects. I wanted to call out mom, but my paralysis prevented it. I couldn't say anything. The woman came closer to me until she knelt down and touched my forehead, and I could feel it. She got eye to eye with me, and I could see my mother's face. I tried to say mom again desperately, but I was stuck in my own body. She stood back up and walked to the doorway before disappearing into the house. I lay there unable to move maybe another 10 to 20 seconds before my vision suddenly became more clear. I was able to think more clearly as well. I was able to sit up. I jumped out of my bed screaming mom over and over and I ran to the bedroom hallway yelling her name. A door opened down the hall and someone came to hug me, but it wasn't my mom. My mom died three weeks before this happened. How crazy That's is that? Crazy. So, you know, like based on the first one and then the second story, it's mm-hmm. almost like some of these night terrors are like ghosts visiting or demon possession oh, yeah. or yeah. some craziness. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's trippy. So the next one says, you know what I love about dreams is how vague and how bizarre they can be. You feel like you're in this separate world where things can just make no sense. Now, what about when that unearthiness transcends into the quote-unquote real world? You'll see what I mean in a minute. I was in REM sleep, having this bizarre nightmare about being followed by some weird creature in the middle of the woods. The dream became fuzzy, though, and I kind of woke up from it. I say kind of because while I was out of the dream and back in my bed, I couldn't move a muscle in my body. I started hearing this faint, weird noise. It was this indescribable, robotic, yet alive type sound. It started light and soft, but it repeated every three seconds. I noticed it was getting slightly louder every time. I felt like the sound was getting closer. It got so unbearably loud in my head, I just wanted to scream, but I couldn't. Then my eyes locked onto the closet door, specifically the crack in the closet door, which I never leave open ever. There was this distorted face of a man looking between the crack with his unhumanly large open mouth smile. And every time I heard the noise, it seemed as if the closet and the face were getting closer until the closet door slammed shut and everything went silent. I regained control of my body shortly after that. And the first thing I did, even though I was 24 years old, was run to my parents' room to get my dad to check the closet with me. There was nothing in the closet, though, or the rest of my room. My dad seemed pretty confident that what I just experienced was sleep paralysis and that he had experienced it once as well. Didn't make me feel any less disturbed about what I had just went through. Yeah, yeah. I remember my best friend um, growing up, him having the sleep paralysis, and he was telling me like he was sleeping on the couch one night, laying there, and woke up, and it was this like black mass just hovering over him. And he just could yeah, not move. I, I, I was like, man, that's just crazy. So glad that I don't have any of that stuff. Like, I really am glad yeah, that I don't have yeah. to worry about that. Because that this stuff scares the crap out of me. Yeah. yeah I think, it's uh, terrifying. Yes. I think 
I, and okay, so mine was just a dream. I remember it was just a dream, but it wasn't night terrors or anything like that. But do you remember when we were kids and Cabbage Patch Kids were like the big thing, right? Oh, yeah. And they came, they had regular Cabbage Patch Kids, but then they came out with babies, right? Yep. And then these rumors went around in the 80s about Cabbage Patch babies being possessed, right? Mm-hmm. So I heard this and my Cabbage Patch, I remember she smelled like baby powder. Her name was Stacy Hilda. I still remember her name. She was my favorite baby doll. Okay. But so I had heard about them being demon possessed. Someone had said something to me at school or something. Anyway, so I had a nightmare that Stacy Hilda was flying around my room. She had these green eyes glowing and she's flying it all around my room at night. And she had these like evil demon wings out her oh, back wow. and stuff. And it tripped me out so bad that I didn't play with her for like a week. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't blame you. That doll. But it wasn't a night terror. Yeah. But things like that scare it's me. Like, and it sounds Stacey like. Stacey Hilda, you're grounded from, <laughs> from me playing with you. So you just it just makes me think like these people are under stress. And they're probably like the, the guy who whose mom passed away. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, they're thinking of things that. You know, or coming to light. I don't have any explanation for that first story because that just sounds like demon possession to right. me. Yep. But, you know, and then you have this one where this this chick is legitimately having a weird dream, though. Or chick or guy, I don't know. But they're having a weird dream because they're hearing robotic noises and seeing a scary ass face looking at them from their closet. Like what triggered that? Yeah. I don't want that to happen to me. I had such an imagination. I mean, every kid, right. But I remember I would think at night when I would go to bed that my parents weren't real, that they were like robots. Oh my gosh. That they weren't real people. <laughs> like I was like in this, or it was weird. I don't know. Like I was in this alien household or, they're robots. They're not who they say they are. And I was like that big time. Even to like where my dad would, I would ride with him and uh, like in the summertime yeah. when I was little while he's working and he would stop at, you know, a hardware store. Let's say it was like a Home Depot. It wasn't Home Depot, but anyway. And I would check to see his ring, his watch and everything, what he's wearing to make sure it was still in the same way. To see if things weren't switched around, like it was my dad still. It's like a skinwalker. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Well, and then, you know, V changeling. back in the day. <laughs> v. <laughs> so I'd, I'd watch that, and I would, oh, I, I, it's so funny, and I think a lot of kids do this. You got this love, hate for it. Like, you can't not watch it, but then you're yeah. hiding behind something while you're watching it, and when you see something, you kind of back away, <laughs> and you're scared, but then you still got to watch it and see yeah, it. Yeah, that's how I felt with uh, Child's Play. Yeah, so. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad used to keep... Darian out of his room by telling her that Chucky was in his room. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> because you know when they were babies, he didn't have a gun safe and he had the guns in his room, so yeah. he would tell her, "Chucky's in there, don't go in there." And she would just be like, "I'm not going nope. down the hall yeah. to Grandpa's room. There's no freaking way." Wow! Yeah, the stories we tell. <laughs> the All way right. we traumatize our children. I know, and and you wonder why they have <laughs> night terrors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. It's my fault. <laughs> yep. That's why she was sleepwalking. Oh, gosh. All right. So got another one here for you. Many years ago, I had a sleep paralysis experience. I knew there was a thing in my closet, something really evil. But I also knew I was dreaming and I should face my fear. I tried not to look directly at the closet door. But if I moved my eyes, my head would turn away um, no matter how hard I tried. I couldn't look directly at it. 
Then I woke up in the in a cold sweat. At first, I felt really relieved that it was over, but very shortly I realized it wasn't a dream and there was really something in the closet. I was laying on my back and couldn't move. I didn't really hear it, but I could kind of feel the sickening laughter wash over me in waves emanating from the closet. All of a sudden, the thing throws a human head at me and it lands on my chest, face up. It was, oh this, it was this girl I knew in high school. Up to this point, I was kind of holding it together, terrified, but not panicked. Well, I lose it now. I can't even scream. All I could do is make these grunting sounds and <laughs> moaning noises. I'm, I'm wriggling and straining, trying to rock from side to side to get it off me, but I can't move. This seemed to last maybe another minute or two. Then I really woke up. It was so traumatic that for weeks I would be scared when I woke up, that I wasn't actually awake and something horrible could happen at any second. It still makes my skin crawl when I think about that laugh. The thing is, I never heard of sleep paralysis or night terrors at that point in my life. I thought I was losing my mind. I would think I was losing my mind, yeah. too, if I had something throw a freaking human head of someone that I know at high school on me. Landed on my and chest. And you can't get it looking, off. And you can't move. And you can't yes. get it off. Oh, my gosh. Oh my it's horrible. Yes. Like, this is, this is how... Stephen King comes up with his stuff. I wonder if he yeah. suffers from night terrors and sleep paralysis to Maybe. come up with the stories he yeah. has. Because, wow, this is horror movie mm-hmm. stuff that really happened. If you, oh, yeah. or you know, I mean, this is their story. No one or actually threw a head, yeah, on this person, but in their mind, they saw it very mm-hmm. vividly. It was real. So, and then they thought they had woke up from the dream. Yeah, that's what going. I'm saying. That's like, crazy. Yeah. It's kind of some Nightmare on Elm Street shit right yeah. there. Like, Ooh. you think you're awake, but nope, Betty's going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> so our next one is, I've suffered sleep paralysis a total of three times in my life. The first two times, it just consisted of me waking up, not being able to move my body. The third time was much different, though. I had woken up very early morning, probably like between 5 and 6 a.m., when the sun was just starting to come up. There was light in the room, but barely. Anyway, I tried to move, but I had that unfortunately unfortunately familiar feeling of paralysis helplessness. My eyes fixated on the wall. There was nothing I could do. Then suddenly I heard heavy footsteps coming up the stairs of my bedroom. It was my brother, followed by my sister, dad, and mom. They were all sobbing hysterically, and they all seemed to be at least a foot taller than they actually were, and it was unnerving. The four of them approached my bed, then stopped at the bedside, towering over me, all four of them crying. I couldn't move. I wanted to cry for help or just yell at them to stop because they were scaring me. Their heights, they looked like they were near to hitting the ceiling. Then just as quickly as they entered, all four of them turned and walked back down the stairs. I could move again, and so I ran down the stairs to follow them, but they weren't in the outside area. I went to each of their rooms one at a time. All four of them were fast asleep. My heart was racing because the most surreal, unnerving thing had just happened to me. I had to lean on the wall to gather my thoughts for a second. Breathing heavily, falling back asleep was futile the rest of the night. I lay awake until the sun was fully up. A few days later, I was struck by a speeding car when crossing the road with friends and ended up with three broken bones and a fractured thigh bone. I was hospitalized for a week. And at one point, all four of my family members stood next to my hospital bed looking down at me. 
my mom being emotional and crying. It was almost the same image from my sleep paralysis. I'm not superstitious at all, but if I were, I would 100% believe that dream was some kind of sign or some kind of prediction of the future. In fact, I just got chills writing that last sentence thinking about it. No, oh, I would too. Like <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah, so now this chick's having premonitions in her night terrors. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, that is crazy. <clears throat> I don't want any of that to happen to me, ever. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I don't good. need that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we are with this last one, I think, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think, Is yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sorry, my bad. No. So there was this one time at band camp. No. <laughs> so there how it starts. <laughs> So there was this one time I was out late drinking with friends. It was some point in the summer of 2016. Boom, boom. We were kind of, yeah, we were kind of just walking around town and then around the neighborhood when one of my friends spotted someone hiding in a bush. He pointed and said, look, and we all walked a little closer to get a better look. Because that's smart. That's what you do. <clears throat> that's what we all do in scary movies. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> we could see what... We could see what he was talking about, but just barely. It was bizarre, like someone hiding in this bush in front of this house. When we got too close, apparently this weird off-putting sound started coming from the bush. So we all screamed and laughed and ran away. We screamed because it was scary, but left because at the same time it was bizarrely bizarrely funny, and there were a lot of us. So anyway, we walked back to our houses respectively, assuming whoever was in the bush was just messing with people. I fall asleep pretty easily <clears throat> that night since I was drunk, but next thing I remember was waking up to the near pitch blackness of my room. I couldn't look at the clock to see what time it was because I was literally, I could not move. I was in a sleep paralysis state. I looked around the room with my eyes only and started to hear a familiar noise. The noise we heard coming from that bush. Then I looked straight in front of me to the foot of my bed when I saw was pure nightmare fuel. It was what appeared to be this floating, grotesque, horrific head of a demonic, ghost-like thing. As it got closer to me, I realized it wasn't floating. There was a body, but its body blended in with the blackness of the room. Its mouth hung open, and it just kept making the familiar noise from the bush. It got mere inches from my face before it suddenly just faded away. I was able to to let out a scream and move my body. I sat in my bed, panting, and my heart was racing. I flicked on the lamp and checked around my bed, but this demonic thing was gone. What I just experienced seemed to be so real. I was a, I was awake for it. I was it wasn't a dream. I told my parents about it the next day, and they agreed uh, with me that it was sleep paralysis. Though they had never heard of anyone seeing freaky shit like that before, right? Yeah, that's. But I. But have, I have I've heard. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, well, we've heard it from these stories, a few of them. But I've heard right, it of right, people. Yeah. And and you know, it says um, in the at the beginning of the episode, we talked a little bit about the medical definition of night terrors and alcohol based, mm-hmm. you know, stuff triggers it too. Yeah. So now this guy had a lot going against him. He got a little scare with his friends right. from yep. guy hiding in the bush making noises. Now he's dreaming about that noise and seeing demonic faces yep. coming at him. Yep. So he he kind of he he had a trigger. Yeah, but his is explainable. Like I get why he saw what he saw, and doesn't make it less terrifying. No, <laughs> no, not at all. You know how many times I've passed out drunk and. 
not had night terrors no. every time I passed out drunk. No. I didn't have night terrors. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Evidently. Apparently. So... Those were a few creepy stories from people who have actually experienced night terrors and sleep paralysis. There have been countless accounts from others who also saw things like shadow men, aliens, a witch or a demon sitting on their chests, and so much more. I was reading for quite a bit yesterday. It was it was pretty yeah. pretty creepy. They're all terrifying. There is treatment for parasomnia, but if you if you want to see treatments available, I'll I'll make them available on our website. I'll link the the sites for you guys also if you suffer from night terror sleepwalking or sleep paralysis i wish you the best i can't even imagine what that's like i hope i never experience it for myself but i'll keep you in my prayers that's Mm -hmm. that's all for this week's episode though we hope you liked it and maybe just got a little little spooked from them from some of these stories even though i know we had our commentary in it but you gotta lighten the mood a little (laughs) bit it's a little heavy right so if you want to learn more about parasomnia, you can you can go um, check out our website at wickednesstruecrimetheunknown.com or follow us on Instagram at wickednesstruecrime. You can also follow us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash wickedness where you can support us if you feel like it. We would appreciate all the support we can get. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you want to share your stories of night terrors or sleep paralysis, then please email us at wickednesstruecrime at yahoo.com. And last but not least, please remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. We really need you to do this so we can expand our listener base. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys back next week. Everyone have a good week. Bye. Bye.